Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Dante Culpepper Show. We're going to tell you, after all this debate, we're going to settle it. And I'm going to tell you why Dante Culpepper is a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. And it's fine if you don't like it. I, quite frankly, don't care. It's a, it's about getting the truth and the real information out there. Along with that, we're going to briefly discuss OTAs before we really dive in. We're going to have some fun here tonight. Welcome to the Real Forno Welcome Show. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, as I have to like burp as I, as I go talking. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. I'm your host, Tyler Fornis. With me, as always, is producer Dave in the top right corner. Dave, how are you, sir? I'm doing good for this Monday. I'm busy. I, I do want to thank Justin for being able to hop on yesterday at the last minute and join me. We converted two old bloggers to a Scolding with Friends episode, and it was outstanding. That's awesome. That is awesome. I see Justin in the, in the chat here today, along with uh, some of our other um, every weekers. And I want to thank you guys all for joining us here tonight. We're going to have some fun. We're going to briefly talk OTAs quick because today started phase three. And why is phase three important? It's the first time you actually get to see like full live team drills, seven on seven, nine on nine, 11 on 11. And that's important because it's going to help continue to install this offense. Um, the nice part about 
this year compared to last year. Last year was more about a full install. This year, they're going to be able to kind of work on what they already have, change some things up, tweak some things. But the verbiage is going to be consistent. It's going to be the same from last year, so they don't have to like relearn stuff. And I think that's really important here, Dave. It's about continuity and continuing to do the right things and continuing to help grow and develop this team. And I'm really excited about it. This is a unit that is very, very good. And they got better in theory with the addition of Jordan Addison this offseason. And he's literally on the offensive side of the ball. They've got the biggest advantage because everybody is coming back with the exception of Jordan Addison. He's the one that's going to be have to mm-hmm. be tutored, and I'm sure that's going to take place. It's something we hope to see, you know, through film, whatever the Vikings release, and they're to the point where they'll release the highlights every day when the press gets to go out there tomorrow. Hopefully, we see that that Keenan McCardell is, you know, personally taking him aside. That JJ's taking him aside. Even TJ Hawkinson talking to him about, hey, you've got to do this and this to bring him up to speed quick. They've only got to bring up the one guy. So I hope that goes quickly, but it's going to be fun to see him. And that's on the offensive side. On the defensive side, I can't wait to see this go in and start to go the plan, the Flores plan go into action Mm -hmm. of guys suddenly moving here and moving there, safeties in the box, guys, you know, all doing all this stuff and learning that defense. That's going to be fun. Yeah, this it is going to be really fun. I'm really excited to kind of see how how everything evolves because how everything evolves is honestly what's the most important thing. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm really excited. And you're going to get to see the rookies kind of ball out. I said on uh, Purple Daily on draft that got released this afternoon that I'm most excited to see Jay Ward because I want to see how the Vikings use him. They drafted him and they called him a safety, but that's not what he's going to play. He's going to be kind of a jack of all trades guy. How are they going to use him early on? How are they going to kind of showcase him and get him comfortable in the offense? That is going to be an interesting thing to watch because there's a lot of different things um, that you can kind of pull from it. Across the whole defensive back Mm -hmm. group, where corners and safeties, you've got Jay Ward. You've got McKee Blackman, right? How is he going to fit in? He was the one selected, obviously, with Flores' approval. Is he going to beat up Booth or Evans? Are we going to see that? How are Booth and Evans looking? Are they going to be better in their second year? How does the new guy Murphy look and fit into all this? Is he helping everybody? Like he said, he learned from Patrick Peterson. That will be a good thing. How all that comes together, whether Bynum comes up and plays a little nickel or they keep the Murphy in, how are they? They're going to mix it up. There was, I heard a stat today, and I think it was from our buddy Phil Mack, that when Flores was coaching Miami, one of the years they had the second most defensive coverage variations in the entire league. It was hard to figure out what sort of coverage they were in because they were changing it all the time. 
how they'd set it up. It was a chess piece. And we all know Flores loves to match up some guy's strength mm-hmm. against the you know, the opposing offensive guy's weakness or strength to try to build, you know, to get the most out of it. So it's going to be fun. Fun, fun, fun. Big time fun, Dave. That's really the only way you can put it. But it's the off season. There's not a lot to talk about. Um, I will say this. The NFL did pass two bylaws today. Or they passed one, and they're going to talk about another. As you can hear, Odie in the background chewing on a bottle. One I like. That. The other one I do not like and hopes get gets chicken. Brian Porch is calling for uh, 13 wins this year due to that offense. I agree with you, Brian. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, I'm. That's a little ambitious considering the schedule, but it's the NFL. They got to play the games. You never know. Um, the NFL is talking about instituting the college football rule for kickoffs, Dave. And what that is, mm-hmm. is if the if the ball clears the 25-yard line and you flash a fair catch, it counts as a touchback and it shoots at the 25. Reason being, they want to cut down on concussions. Um, concussions are still high in terms of kickoff returns, and they want to utilize that. If that passes, Kene Wangwu's value goes significantly down because there's just going to be a lot less kickoffs. People are just going to be like, yeah, we'll just take the touchback. It's fine. And yeah, his it's, it's, lap- it's the same as the touchback. Right, if a yeah, kicker his, kicks it through the end zone, and versus somebody kicking it short and going, you're getting at the same spot. Yeah, and I'll be honest, his lack of value on offense as of right now is deeply concerning. Um, and when you kind of piece all those things together, it's it could spell the end of his tenure in Minnesota. Um, if that ends up passing, it, it also could be nothing. We, we really don't know, but it's, it's something that you are going to want to keep an eye on because he is not exactly what you would call a dynamite player outside of, Hey, I'm a great returner. He's not shown any aptitude to play offense. That's a big deal. Um, especially with this team is consistently preaching versatility. Odie. <laughs> yeah. Odie's being loud. That's okay. He's a good boy. But he's, yeah, um, the wife uh, was supposed to get home right about now, but she is off looking at flowers instead. I don't know Happy why wife. we need flowers. Happy but life. Whatever. Trust me, that works. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Anyways, the second one, you'll probably remember hearing it known as the emergency QB rule. Mm-hmm. Um, it was implemented until 2011. 2011, when they ratified the new CBA, they got rid of it. Emergency QB rule. You get to dress a third quarterback, and they can really only play if the first two guys get hurt. If they play before the fourth quarter, the other two quarterbacks do not get to come back into the game. That's back, but it's not going to take up one of the 46 active roster spots. That's huge. It brings more value for you to have a third quarterback on your normal 53, and you don't lose a game day roster spot to have him dressed. It's kind of like the emergency goalie situation in the NHL. If you don't know that, they actually have a guy with the team that's played goalie in his past, like at a high school or college level. And he's just kind of like a member of the front office and he'll end up playing on an emergency situation. And sometimes those guys end up playing pretty well and it's a really cool story. But goalie is just such a weird position that they actually are allowed to have an emergency. And after the disaster with San Francisco in the NFC Championship game, 
nobody wants that to be them. So it's back. And this is good for the Vikings um, because if that happens to them, God forbid, they've been really lucky with quarterback injuries, but luck always runs out. It's going to run out eventually. And if that happens to them, they'll be able to um, play either Jaron Hall or Nick Mullins uh, when that, if and when that time comes, which is objectively a very good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about it is that that there's no pressure to not have three quarterbacks on the roster now, and they could use that as training. So hopefully we have better quality quarterbacks in the developmental pipeline with that third guy being there and it not costing a roster spot. Justin, I have not heard from Darren today. I assume he's been busy. I've sent him a couple of messages on Facebook, have not heard replies. I have heard from Mary. Mary's doing good. So things are getting better on that front. Those are the two rule changes that have popped up today. The other thing that was announced today, which I'll probably talk about when I record the Vikings Daily Opener, is that Green Bay has been selected for the 2025 draft party. What a disaster. Like, uh, And this isn't a shot at Green the Green Bay Packers organization or the facilities. If you've never been to Lambeau Field, I highly recommend it. It is a place of history. It is a really cool atmosphere. Um, I was at the tie in 2018, and it was awesome. But I'll say this. If you go for the draft to Lambeau Field, it's going to be a um, an utter disaster. Lodging is scarce. Okay, so Lambeau Field is literally in a neighborhood. Like, you park, like, people with uh, houses by Lambeau Field rent out their driveway for parking. And, like, if you live, like, if you have season tickets and live on, on that street right by Lambeau, you can just walk to the games. It's great. But here's the thing. How are you going to get all these team representatives? How are you going to get all these players, their families? How are they going to have lodging? Like, are they going to stay in Milwaukee a couple hours away? Are they going to stay in Madison a couple hours away? Appleton is a half hour away, and they barely have any lodging. Like, logistically, this is set up to be a mitigated disaster. And it's not fair to these players. It's not fair to the organizations that have to go there. And it's not a shot at Green Bay. They just they don't have the infrastructure or space that you need for something like this. It is a 100,000-person town without any, like, really suburbs from anywhere. Like, it's just a weird idea. Now, I will say, being drafted in, like, one of the birthplaces of the NFL, Green Bay, Wisconsin, that's kind of got a cool cachet to it. I get that. Logistically, it's looking like it's going to be a nightmare, and I don't understand why they're going to do that. It's going to be interesting. I'll give it that. And the beer sponsor could have been better. There are some good beers actually brewed in Wisconsin. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. they did not choose one. So you can look up who their beer sponsor is. Yeah. Um, Beer sponsor, bad beer. Just give me a bush light and I'm happy. And that that's, that's just domestic beer. Um, I've been I've been on a Corona kick, kick lately though. There's something about uh, just putting a lime in the in the long neck and then sipping it outside. I just dig it. Um, let's get to the topic at hand, Dave. Um, the topic, let's, the one that we hyped 
the one that's blowing up Twitter, the one that has split fans left to right, top to bottom. It is the blockbuster of all blockbusters. We all know the greatest quarterback that ever played on Minnesota is Fran Targington. Well, what happened this weekend? PFF includes another quarterback, and it started the debate. They included Mm -hmm. Dante Culpepper. Well, let's contextualize this a little bit. So what the PFF NFL podcast is doing is they're taking a player from the team's past in their prime and putting it on uh, the current roster to um, make the team better. Um, They picked Culpepper. Now, is he going to be that much bigger of an impact as like a Kevin Williams or John Randall would be considering what the defensive line situation is? You You can have that argument, absolutely. But make no mistake about it. Uh, Dante Culpepper in this era, in this offense, um, you'd have a bigger, faster, more accurate Josh Allen on your hands. Well, like Dante Culpepper was, was on his wood. Dante Culpepper was Josh Allen before Josh Allen was Josh Allen. He was Josh Allen uh, with Drew Brees and Cam Newton all mixed into one. Like he was super accurate coming out of, of college. He set the NCAA record for career completion percentage at Central Florida. He threw for a lot of yards. He has a cannon and he could run at and well, he's built like a linebacker or an edge rusher. Like mm-hmm. Culpepper was just a different breed. And I, I wanna say this before we get started, and then we're gonna bring up a lot of different points. Culpepper's better than Kirk Cousins. There's I'm going to be honest, I don't think it's arguable. And I'm going to explain over the course of the next however long this show ends up going, probably another 30, 40 minutes. You can, everybody who says Cousins is better looks at raw counting stats. Dave, Luke Inman um, from Locked On ended up posting this uh, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have the graphic got ready. These are called counting stats, your basic ones, the ones that everybody knows, passing yards, passing touchdowns. Like, look look at that. Yeah, Cousins was better. But this is also incredibly disingenuous. You know why it's disingenuous? doesn't account for errors. Not at all. Why is accounting for errors so important? Because you want to try and understand the conditions that they had to play under in Dante's era. You could maul wide receivers. You could like spear them across the middle. You could do all those things in today's day and age. If you lay a pinky on them after five yards, it's a flag. Mm-hmm. Like it, and, it's, it's different. And in Dante's and you have- era, you could abuse quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Defensive linemen love to do it all the time. Now, yeah. If unless you lay them down and tuck them into bed, it's a roughing the passer call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you take that and you factor in that, like what Culpepper had to deal with. Um, like he's like we've been. Sorry, I'm kind of blanking. What we talked about on defense, and when you compare stats across eras, compare the stats to the players 
that they played against. And that is going to tell you the story. And we'll get, we'll get deeper into that. If you just want to compare the top quarterbacks of 2004 to the top quarterbacks of now, almost every quarterback threw more than 10 interceptions a season. Almost every quarterback fumbled 10 to 15 times a year. Like Culpepper had a fumbling issue. He had one even compared to his era, but it wasn't such a dire situation that he was that much worse than his era. He he was bad, but things have changed so much for how quarterbacks can even get hit that that makes a difference in fumbles, makes a difference in interceptions. And you have to contextualize what they're playing against. And quite frankly, Culpepper had to play against um, harder competition in that sense than now. So let, let's kind of let's well, talk, about, stuff about that. talked about Dante had small hands. So Dante Dante, Dante didn't have that small hands. Like now the threshold's nine inches. Back then it was ten. Dante's were nine and a half. And like they're his hands the are first a full round. inch. His, his hands are a full inch bigger than Kenny Pickett's. Mm-hmm. Like or the first round draft choice of this year. Yep. So, like a, anybody who just tries to tell you counting stats, just just straight counting stats. Oh, um, Cap, um, I highly recommend. I don't know enough about Joe Cap. Talk to Dave or talk to Luke Braun of Lockdown Vikings. Uh, he Luke did the, would have more. The I mean, Cap was around on my first game that I saw. He was quarterback, but he was one mean sob. And mm-hmm. you want to talk about tough? Ooh, Mm-mm-mm. and you want to talk about a, a brand of football back then? Where anything went, that was the 70s. That's before Dante. Let's kind of take a look at some stats. Um... Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dante Culpepper's like EPA per play um, in his like at the end towards the end of his career, 0.213. I don't think Kirk Cousins has ever had an EPA per play above two in his entire career. Culpepper averaged that over two seasons. Um, you look at his EPA CPOE composite, 0.132. Considering the era he played in, that was phenomenal. Peyton Manning, who's considered one of the top quarterbacks of all time, had a .168. And you got to remember, in twenty in 2004, he threw 49 touchdown passes. You have to compare it to the era that they're in and then understand that. This was great for his era. Dante Culpepper was arguably a top five player in fantasy football and quarterbacks weren't even valued. He was going top five overall. Fantasy football doesn't necessarily mean a lot, but it kind of tells you 
how valued this guy was by the general population. And you know what all, all we did? Wine and wine and wine when we should have been whining about how the Vikings treated these football teams, not giving them enough resources. The defenses, Dave, the defenses were absolutely atrocious. Here's a stat from uh, Eric Eager of PFF, who's, sorry, not of PFF, formerly of PFF and now of Super Sports. 2000 to 2005, the Dante Culpepper tenure. They had the 31st ranked EPA allowed per play. The Vikings from 2018 to 2022, a five-year stretch as well, were 10th in EPA per play allowed. And then if you just do the last three years, 2020 to 2022, and the defense hasn't been as good, 20th in the NFL. Dante had to carry some of these teams on his back. And not, people don't remember that. I don't know the revision, like why Culpepper doesn't get a lot of credit for some of this stuff. I feel like people didn't watch Dante Culpepper when I see them talking about him on this on Twitter and in general. Because you look at all the smart football minds who have chimed in on this conversation. Like Doug Farrar, who is on this show talking about Henning Hooker. He is one of the smartest football people I know. He's like, what is this Vikings Twitter hellscape that they're saying Kirk Cousins is better than Dante Culpepper? And like, Eager gets a lot of grief, some fair, some not. But he's one of the smartest football people I know as well. And he looks at things from a much, much more of a data perspective. But he was a former player. He played college football. So it's not like he doesn't understand X's and O's. This, some of these things... When you look at it, Dante is just a better player. Let's look at another stat. Uh, Dave, from Aaron Schatz of um, Football Outsiders, he chimes in. Adjusted DYAR, um, defense-adjusted yards. All right? Sorry, I I can't remember. Um, DYAR. Defense-adjusted yards above replacement. So... It, basically what this metric does is it takes the yards that you get adjusted for what the defense is giving you or what the defense is. And then it uh, kind of tells you what it would be above a replacement level player. So replacement level players at that time would have been like, Hey, the Gus Farrat games, uh, Todd Bauman, like when they ended up playing for an injured Dante Culpepper and take a look. Dante Culpepper is three seasons more valuable than any Kirk Cousins season. And that's that's an era-adjusted metric. Culpepper's 2004 was legendary. His 2000, his first year as a starter, was incredible. Sarah, Dante was an MVP candidate. If Peyton Manning doesn't throw 49 touchdowns in 2004, he wins the MVP award running away. Like, some of the things that he was able to do without Randy Moss was beyond incredible. Like, Randy Moss partially tore his hamstring. He was officially out for three games, missed more of multiple others. He only had, like, 49 catches for 700-some yards. Nate Burleson and Jermaine Wiggins were the main pass catcher. Burleson had his only 1,000-yard season in the NFL. When you look at everything encompassing, the pa- like the answer is simple. It's, it's Dante Culpepper. And people are like, oh, he had Randy Moss. His best season came without Randy Moss for most of the year. And I've and seen like, this all over. 
but he didn't have Randy Moss or Robert Smith or Chris Carter. Yeah, well, and uh, what Cole, about Culpepper didn't? What about Digsy oh. and JJ and Prime Thielen and of course Dalvin Cook? Culpepper didn't have a top defense. His best defense was like something like twenty second overall. Like his defenses were awful. The situations he was put in were terrible. Like Red McCombs was cheap. You had coordinators who were also full blown position coaches. Sometimes you have that with the quarterbacks coach and the offensive coordinator, but then you get an assistant. Vikings didn't. They didn't get upgrades to Winter Park. It was cheap, 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 cheap. And Culpepper had to really carry some of those teams. His his starting tackle, Corey Stringer, died during training camp. He had a poor offensive line, especially towards the end. He had, like, okay-ish receivers outside of Randy Moss once Chris Carter left. Like, you're talking about a guy who who never had a great running back. He had Robert Smith for one season. So anybody who's like, oh, Culpepper had this, that, and the other thing, they don't know what they're talking about because they're not going to say that Kirk Cousins had arguably better cast of characters as a whole than Dante Culpepper did because you had the one year in 2000. Chris Carter, was he was tailing off. Moss was at his peak. Robert Smith was playing well, but he retired right after that year. Cousins is at it better when it comes to surroundings than Dante ever did. And Dante is still viewed as a better quarterback by those who are who know the game and who do this for a living. And to me, that says something. And that that's before I even form my own opinion. It's like, okay, when you look at it, Culpepper is a better football player. And that's not even including with that, uh, with that Luke Inman tweet that we showed earlier. In the replies, somebody mentioned um, the running – um, mm-hmm. and he's like not including here is 2,500 rushing yards and 30 touchdowns. I, I like this is where some of this disingenuous bullshit comes into play. How do you not even include that in the original discussion point? Because Dante Culpepper was one of the first like of the modern day dual threat quarterbacks. You're talking like the Cam Newtons, the Josh Allens. Like he's not Lamar Jackson because they don't have similar styles. But this is so important in the context of Culpepper. And how he was able to win, how he was able to create. And there's so many people who just want to look at counting stats. And it's honestly, it's a bunch of bullshit, Dave. It's awful. You have to look deeper. You have to understand what you're looking at. And so many people that have these conversations don't understand what they're looking at. And is it um, blissful ignorance or is it just not knowing? I am I, not going to be able to speak for everybody and pinpoint but some people are just intentionally ignorant because ignorance is bliss. Some people just don't understand. And then when you have conversations with them to teach them, you know, it's, it opens their eyes. And I'm not somebody, I'm not, I'm not a king. I'm not a God at this, but I try to get as much information as I can before I make it, make an informed opinion. And this is the only informed opinion. Like, Dante Culpepper is unquestionably a better quarterback when you look at raw tools, when you look at performance adjusted across areas, when you look and, at how how they dealt with talent, how they dealt with um, adverse conditions. We talk about all the time, Kirk Cousins needs to have perfect conditions. Guess what? 
Dante Culpepper took a team with like the 30th ranked defense into Lambeau Field where the Packers had never lost a playoff game. Actually, uh, scratch that. I think in 2003 they lost to the Falcons. So they had lost one playoff game at Lambeau in their entire history. Beat them. Mm-hmm. Culpepper should have been the MVP in 2004, Sands 49 touchdowns. I'd argue he still should have been the MVP because of how he had to carry that team to a playoff berth. Oh, and, and it, then, it was highly debated at the time. Trust me. We all know Peyton got it because of the 50 touchdowns. But it, we, we were screaming that Dante deserved it. Now, as everybody knows here, or most people know here, I love charts and graphs. So we get this graph from Arjun Menon. I think I posted it up earlier. It shows how adjusted for career, you can see how Dante is so much higher up on that point when it talked to game numbers, right? And then you could see exactly about where his knee went. And if it wasn't for knees and quarterbacks and the Minnesota Vikings, you know, there's always the what if. He was on a trajectory to be probably the greatest quarterback the Vikings ever had before he blew up the knee and then things got stupid with the organization. Red McCombs and the whole works and then uh, Brad Childress and it just went to crap. But until then, he was performing a lot higher than Kirk Cousins. Now, has Kirk Cousins passed him? You know, there at the end, yeah, he's getting up there, but that's an accumulative thing. And it's no knock on Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has steadily improved. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. But Dante was on his way to being an elite quarterback across Mm -hmm. the board. And it was just nothing but growing and growing and growing, all until his knee blew up. So when you compare the two, you can say it's apples and oranges, different time periods, different surroundings. Culpepper played on painted concrete on AstroTurf. It's a much safer game now than it was then. Mm-hmm. Culpepper, yeah. the rules you know, are safer now for the quarterback and for the wide receivers than they are then. The game is a little bit different in the fact that that now it's more of a passing game because partially of the rules. It's not as much as a running game. But mm-hmm. that man produced, and he produced some fantastic seasons. Yeah, and you also have to take into consideration some of his high turnovers. Was him having to carry the football team because the football team around him wasn't great. And when you combine all of these elements, Dave, it just – it blows my mind that people are just, whether willfully or not, overlook the fact that outside of just standard counting stats, there is there is really nothing that you could point to that says Kirk Cousins is better than Dante. He doesn't have a better arm. He's not more accurate. He's he's not a better runner. He's not better in the pocket. Like, what is what is he better at? And the uh, fact is, he's not. And, look, uh, I don't dislike Kirk Cousins. I dislike Kirk Cousins as being the future of this team, considering 
what all you kind of have to factor in. Kirk Cousins is not good enough when it comes to building a team and paying him a lot of money. He's not elite. He's very good. And that's always been the thing. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't want to pay a very good quarterback big boy money. And the, we know what the Vikings did when they signed him? They paid him elite money. Then the extension paid him elite money. And then the one-year extension paid him borderline elite money. And now it's not elite money anymore, but it's still a lot. And you look at these teams that are having mid-range QBs. Now there's a mid-range QB market. Jimmy Garoppolo got like $24 million a year. Like that's that's your mid-range market. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like it's about building a team considering what he gives you, how he elevates, which he really doesn't elevate the team around you very much. Honestly, you could argue he was propped up a lot by Kevin O'Connell, and Kirk still had to make the plays, but Kevin O'Connell was the antithesis of a lot of that success last year. And I, I've given Kirk a lot of credit, and he deserves it. But when you're talking about an elite player, he's not an elite player. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the difference. Dante Culpepper, if he if he was in this past draft, goes first overall, and there's not a question because with Richardson, you had some questions. Okay, he's he's a little bit inaccurate. He's a little wild with the football. Um, he's not super consistent. He hasn't played well against some really good competition, and he had one year of being a starter. Culpepper set NCAA passing records at Central Florida. Passing records. And he ran the football well. This is an all-time modern-day style quarterback that came around 15, 20 years too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, And Sarah, uh, MWO is correct. It was 2005 when the Bills took over. Yep. And they were uh, greeted with um, the Love Boat and... Dante Culpepper shredding his knee beyond belief in that I'll, I'll never forget that game. Cause it was, I was in my parents' basement cause I was 15 at the time. And my dad had found mold in the downstairs bathroom and I helped him take it out with a sledgehammer right after Dante. Um, like, and that was a, that was a frustrating day, but sledgehammers are always good to get that tension out. Let me tell you, <laughs> but I, I I don't see that unless you're looking at those counting stats. There's not a comparison. No. People said, "Well, let's talk about playoff wins." Let's talk about playoff Culpepper, wins. Culpepper was two and two in the playoffs. He went to an NFC Championship game. He beat Brett Favre and the Packers on the road in Lambeau Field. Not just beat him. They got up to a 14-0 lead within five minutes and didn't relinquish it. They didn't even get a tie game in that one. Like, you look at some of this stuff, and considering the situation he had to deal with, if he had the will stable um, organizational structure and willingness to spend money and put a good team and product on the field, we're having a completely different conversation. The medical staff, you know, the training staff, the – the coaches, yeah, I think Dante would have been on his way to being the possibly the greatest quarterback the Vikings ever had. But like I said, he destroyed his knee in a time before the orthopedics was so good that they could repair stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, even it wasn't just an ACL; it was the whole. It, his knee was just 
Right. It was screwed. Now, he didn't dislocate it like Teddy did, but mm-hmm. the damage was almost just as great, and it was it was rough and, mm-hmm. and unfortunate for him and unfortunate for Vikings fans. Yeah. But he, so I, by far, is better mm-hmm. overall, I think, than Kirk Cousins. And he didn't do the vapor locking. And you talked about Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell, and Kevin O'Connell got him over to hump, and we had 13 wins last year, which is absolutely fantastic. And we saw advancements in Kirk Cousins' uh, thinking process and how he handles the football, and he made big strides last year. But going into yeah. last year, he was 59-59-2, and two. a perfect 500 QB. When it comes to QB wins, and now I can hear it now. Dave, QB wins is a bad stat. The whole team plays. Well, that's just the point of this whole argument. Dante had a worse team around him for a good chunk of that for most of his career than Kirk does. And still, Dante did better. Mm-hmm. One stat I'm going to try and get uh, from... Eric is try to figure out his wins above replacement because I don't know how far PFF data goes with that. And because Eric was a big proponent in creating the model of wins above replacement, I'd be curious to find out what that number is for Dante. Um, and if I can get that information, I absolutely will relay it on, but yeah, that that's about it. Look, um, if you don't understand how good Dante Culpepper was, go on YouTube, search that's Vikings full games from 2000, 2001, Oh, two, oh, three, oh, four. Like I've been trying to find the uh, road game against the Green Bay Packers from 04. He was lights out in that game. Um, the playoff game, he was lights out. The Colts game, he was very good, but his stats don't show it from 2004. I'd highly recommend that one as well. There's a lot of really good Culpepper stuff out there that's free for you to find. Go, go watch him because he, it's, it's. Honestly, night and day different watching him versus watching Cousins. And this isn't a show to bash Cousins. This is a show to really help people understand how fucking good Dante Culpepper was. And quite frankly, if, like, if after this, in all, all the different ways of showing it, and all the narrative um, stopping that we did on the show, if you still don't believe it, I... I, uh, God bless you. <laughs> I, 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 I don't understand it. And it, to me, my guess would be that you didn't want to change your opinion to begin with. There's that you can look at counting stats. You can look at X, Y, and Z. Kirk Cousins had much better surroundings. It did less with it. And Culpepper didn't have great surroundings most of his career and did and tried to do a lot with it. And to me, that's, that speaks more volumes. And yeah, that's it. Dante Culpepper. Is the guy Kirk Cousins is not, and we're gonna leave the show at that. What do we say? Skull Vikings, Skull Dante, Skull Vikings, like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, 
thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.